My name is Jack Oaks. I'm host of the OVW Podcast, the unofficial OVW Podcast. I am joined today, as always, by my co-host, Brian Hines. What's up, folks? How are you? But today we have a very special guest, the Midwest Ace, the 80s baby, TW3. TW3, how are you? Doing good, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So it was it was kind of evident um, within talking to you before we got on mic that you're kind of a multifaceted guy. Oh, yeah. Very, very, man. Um Oh, well, we're being... Before, uh, yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Our boss wants us to drink, so I guess we'll drink. All right. Hey, to OPW. Cheers. Cheers. Oh. Do, 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 do. So good. So good. That one was. It was very good. All right. I will, uh, I'm going to do my clean take NPR now. Uh, (laughs) It's kind of evident that you're kind of like a multifaceted guy. We found out that you are a little older than we had expected. <laughs> yeah. That you run your own business. You had a whole other, at least one whole other career outside of wrestling. Um, prior to this, you were in in uh, you were a GM for a bar, right? You were. I was a GM for a bar. I was part owner of a bar uh, slash restaurant. Um, I have worked for many a different restaurants. I have a degree in business management, so. Uh, concentration in restaurants and hotels. Um, so I've done a lot of restaurant and nightclub, things like that, mm-hmm. management. Um, yeah, and I'm much older than I look <laughs> and than people think. Uh, I'm actually 40 years old. So when you think the 80s baby, it's a real thing. Right. Um, I really am who I am. It's not just a gimmick like a lot of people, you know, come up with and something that they want to do. It's, this is me. It's, uh, it's who I am turned up to a thousand. When you see me in a ring, that's just who I am outside of it. So. You, you said you had been wrestling for 18 years. Yeah, I've been wrestling for 18 years. I'm trained by uh, Shane Hills, um, Jay De Niro, which is also known by Jay Cash, um, and then uh, Hornswoggle, who was short stack at the time. Oh. Uh, it's at the Dojo of Pain out of Green Bay, Wisconsin, Swamico, okay. Wisconsin. So. That's cool. it's actually really funny because when I was trying to do research on you, I found your cage match. Huh. And I said, based on the age, that there was no way it was your cage match. <laughs> no, that was it. That was it. And I don't know who updates that thing, man, but I don't remember the last oh, cage time match is insane, updated. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. They'll find some things on you you don't remember doing. I, apparently, I was a champion once in NWA uh, Midwest. I don't remember being the X Division champion for that. I remember being it for NWA Wisconsin, but apparently, I was the Midwest X Division champion. We'll just say, okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> move <mean>. on. <laughs> How cool yeah, is I'll that? Yeah, that uh, you've you've done so many things that you forgot that you were champion. That's pretty cool in my book. Yeah, man, I've had an opportunity to do a lot of different things. Um, not just like in the independence of wrestling, but I've I'm the guy that's had a lot of those extra spots in WWE. I probably had like ten extra spots. I've worked hand in hand, side by side with Vince McMahon with one of those spots. Um, I've got checks with Vince McMahon's name on it, and I've always told people like, wow. hey, that was a that was a dream come true. Yeah, like honestly, sure. the only thing I'm missing right now for me to go away from wrestling is to get to Japan. If I can get to Japan, I'll be happy. Like, people say, oh, the ultimate dream is always WWE. It is, but at the same time, I have a better dream, a bigger dream for me. And that's being in Japan in Kurgan Hall or in um, the Tokyo Dome because that's always been, like, the type of wrestling that I grew up watching. Okay. When Japanese wrestling was around and WCW and all those things and the Luchadors were coming over and the, and the Japanese guys were coming in, like Sonny Ono and all those guys, that's what I liked. Were you a tape I, guy? I'm a big, big tape guy, man. Okay. I've got a lot of tape still at home. 
to be honest with you. I don't have a VCR that works anymore, but I still have one my table. We'll, get, we'll so. get one around here. We're cleaning yeah. out this place. Who knows what's in this place? We'll find one. We'll yeah, we were just talking you. about that last week. Um, what was, what was like, now, now we're, I'm going to uh, go off of what I had planned now that I know you're, what was like the first tape that you had? What was like the first, like, because there's some like very infamous tapes. If you're like a tape trader, you grew up in like that tape trading community. There's like some very infamous tapes. Um, do you remember what your first one was, or like the, maybe the first match that you were just like, oh. So the first match that I was just like, this is for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sting and Ric Flair Clash of Champions. Okay. I was watching it with my very uncle. Very nice. Now I'm gonna segue out of something else too. Something that a lot of people don't know. No, you're, driving, the, you're driving the boat, man. A Let's lot of wrestlers it. know it, but a lot of people don't. Uh, my uncle was Kirby Puckett. He's one of the most <gasps> famous baseball players to come out of Minnesota. No way. Yeah, Minnesota <laughs> Twins Hall of Famer Kirby Puckett was my uncle. That's the reason I got into wrestling because my okay. uncle was a huge fan, and he had met Flair and Mr. Perfect and all those guys a lot in Minneapolis when they would come around that and do all those shows. Yeah. 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 So so that's how I got into wrestling, man. Clash of the Champions, Sting, Ric Flair. I saw Sting, bleach blonde hair, cool face paint, screaming like a little girl. And I'm like, this is me, man. I love this stuff. And, like, since five years old, bro, that's all I ever wanted to do was be a professional wrestler. Unfortunate for me, I was always, like, really, really small, mm-hmm. really, really short. And fortunately for me, I grew in college crazy because you usually grow when you're in high school but I grew like my freshman year in college and I sprouted up and all of a sudden I was 6'1 from like 5'7 you know what I mean so um and wrestling was just it for me that's all I ever wanted to do but you know back then big body guys right so 300 pounds 6'6 that's all you're ever gonna see and then there was guys like Ray Mysterio that came along and you're like you can do this because that guy is really short you're short bigger than him taller than him and um it was all i ever wanted to do and i ran into the right people at the right time i actually met hornswoggle in a bar he was break dancing and he told me that he wrestled and i i i, I feel bad about it now but at the time i didn't i laughed at him I'm like well midget wrestling that's what you do like midget <laughs> yeah. wrestling everybody does midget wrestling when you're a midget right he goes no i wrestle like have you ever heard of the independence of wrestling i'm like there's WWF, there's WCW, there's ECW. What are you talking about? He goes, no, there's independent wrestling. I never knew what that was. Never. And then he took me to a show, and I fell in love with it. Now, don't get me wrong, I was one of those guys that did the backyard stuff, and we had mattresses and all mm-hmm. that stuff, too. We didn't know what we were doing. But the second that I started training in independent wrestling, I knew I was in the right spot. What was the – and I think that um – this is kind of a common question, especially for guys that did, like, backyard stuff. What what was the biggest thing that you had to realize? Because I bet when you're doing backyard, you kind of thought, oh, I've got I could, yeah, this is easy. I got it figured out. You have kind of a hubris that a lot of younger guys have. What was the kind of thing that made you realize, like, oh, no, this, to do it the right way, it takes a whole different set of skills? I kept getting hurt. Because you always get hurt in backyard wrestling. So well, yeah. the fact that I was getting hurt so much, okay. I was like, I need to figure this out the right way. Okay. So when I started training, I was like, oh, yeah, this is definitely – we weren't falling the right way. We weren't doing anything the right way at all. And I found that out from training because I was always hurt. Like I would go and we would have matches every weekend and we thought we were so cool and our friends would come. And no, man, like I was always hurt. And uh, the second that I started training, I didn't get hurt anymore. What so. was your uh, What was your name? <laughs> So the, <laughs> the guy that who, good, huh? Yeah, it's that good. So I went by the name of Crazy Kid Crucial, and that's three Ks. Yes, KKK. All right. All right. Crazy Kid Crucial. 
we thought it was a joke. It was funny. It was haha, and I mean, it got over with the people who would come and watch us do the backyard wrestling. But like, as I look back at it now, it's like, what was I thinking? Why was that what I wanted? And I mean, a lot of it had to do with the fact that I still do the things I do now, which are jump off of things that are high, and mm-hmm. I'm constantly being an acrobat and a daredevil. So that's kind of where it came from. I was going to say, it has a very kind of like ECW, the gangsters yeah, type. Yeah, yeah. like, like and, thing and, to it, yeah. And we had built, or not we, but the place that we wrestled at wasn't necessarily backyard. It was in a backyard, but it was a garage. Mm-hmm. And he had built it enough to make it an arena. So we were still backyarders, but we were in this arena, and I would jump off of things all the time, just in the arena and the name just stuck because of it so so you said earlier that you've been wrestling for 18 years do you can do you uh start the beginning of your wrestling career in the backyard or do you start it when you start no i start i so if i did that then it'd be more but no i started from when i got trained okay. because that's okay. the proper way to start like i was trained and i've been doing this for 18 years okay so what what year are we looking at 2006 for, for well for frame of reference what year are we looking at in the backyard days and then you started in 2006 uh, training backyard days Backyard days would probably be like early 1998, okay. 99. Okay, yeah. so yeah, really kind of right there in the Backyard yeah. Revolution, the Hardys, ECW. J- yeah. JCW, yeah. ICP, yeah. doing all that backyard stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right very, very, very in, in that. Okay, yeah. that was just that was just for out of my own curiosity. Oh, no, it's fine. Um, where did you, you start wrestling? In the Midwest? Uh, yeah, I started wrestling in Green Bay, in the Midwest, uh, in Wisconsin. Um there was a place called Baba Louie's in De Pere. Uh, that was where I had my first uh, real match. We, I had a, my first, first match. It was, uh, we do summer tours, and it was in Reedsville, Wisconsin, uh, against Justin Dredd, but I don't count that because it was the worst match ever. <laughs> so I say my first match was actually against Dredd in Baba Louie's in front of an actual live audience. What made, uh, what made the first one so bad versus the second one? I sucked. <laughs> I just sucked. No matter how much I grasped on to what I was doing and how good I thought I was, we went out there and I just felt so bad afterwards because I sucked. It just I, I I couldn't follow anything. I so it's like yeah, we'll anything. just have a do over then. Yep. Do you still have those times where you feel like oh shit, I just I shit the bed, like I su- I suck. So here's the thing, right? Like I don't like to say this because I'm very very a person like with confidence and I don't want to sound cocky, but no, I don't. Okay. And I'll tell you the reason why. I used to still have those moments before two, almost two years ago now that I've almost been with OVW. I used to still have those moments, and now I feel like I'm flying on a different cylinder. I think that like everything that I do is exactly where I need to be. I think that every time that I'm coached uh, to do something, I'm changing it. I'm going out, and I'm doing exactly what they want the next week. And that's why I continue to get better at 40 and still progress further and faster than a lot of guys have my age. So, no, I don't think so anymore, man. I don't think I have those nights anymore. I wasn't too happy with some of the things that happened at the pay-per-view, but some things are out of your control. Mm -hmm. And those were things that were out of my control. So when it comes to just me personally, no, I don't think so anymore. And and like I said, it's not a cocky thing. It's a confident thing. I was always supposed to be – I was raised with confidence. And so I try and be as confident as I can in everything that I do. If there's ever a moment where I'm feeling that way, I kind of go back and I look and I say, hey, is it something that you actually could have prevented yourself or is it something that somebody else in the ring did that you couldn't predict? And if it's one of those and it's like, eh, well – Get it next time. You mentioned finding that kind of confidence. Um, you, well, you mentioned being born with confidence, raised with confidence, but finding kind of a new confidence 
when you came to OVW, did those things coincide or do you think there was something about Ohio Valley wrestling that uh, allowed you to kind of realize that confidence in yourself? I think it was honestly just having the tutelage of Al and Doug. um, Like that, honestly, to me, that's what made that confidence stand out and made it uh, a bigger impact for me. Because once I started feeling confident there, anywhere else I was going on the indies, I felt confident. So that was Doug Doug Basham. Yeah, Doug Basham and Al Al Snow. And um, to be honest with you, like the second I started like firing on all cylinders in OPW, things everywhere else started changing for me because now people were uh, looking at me as the guy that he's here, so now we can follow him and he mm-hmm. can teach us. And the people were allowing me to teach them in the ring, you know what I mean, instead of just, oh, he's over there and it's, it's OPW and it's so whatever. No, these guys were coming to me, hey, can you watch my match? Can you do this for me? Can you do that? And to me, when people will ask me to watch their matches and critique them, that feels good because that means that I'm, something I'm doing is making them say, hey, he knows what he's doing. Maybe he can help me. Mm-hmm. So, To be honest with you, one of the most insane things about OVW to me is that I've bought hot dogs from Doug Basham before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, is that kind of top-down um, camaraderie, like we just do the, we do the job that we need to do. Doug Basham doesn't have to sell hot dogs to me or to anybody. Right. But he's done it more than, more than a handful of times. I've personally had it a couple of times. Is that kind of like top-down com- camaraderie? That kind of spirit, like, is that kind of one of the things that makes OVW work that everyone is willing to do as high up of a job as they can and as low down as a job as they can? And it is. And it is. Like you said, Doug Basham is selling you hot dogs. And then afterwards, everybody's gone. We're cleaning that house. That's Mm -hmm. our house. We have to protect our house. We want it to be clean for people to come in and see it. We don't want anybody to come into a dirty Davis arena. So we're all cleaning. We're all doing our part. Doug's selling hot dogs, you know what I mean? You never know. Al might be outside waving a sign one day. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but, yeah, we all But he'd be in, willing to do it. But he'd be willing to do it because yeah. we all understand that, like, this only runs as well as all of us make it run. That machine only continues as long as we continue to make the machine run. I love that mindset. It really seems to be prevalent there at Davis Arena. Everybody seems like they're on the same page, firing on all cylinders, working as a team. For that very reason, it's only going to be as good as we make it. Right. And you can feel that when you step in there. Yeah, and and that's one of those things, too. Like, I have a guy coming uh, tomorrow, and he hasn't ever been in Davis yet, but he's a guy who works for Dave Hero. And he's been trying to come down to OVW, and he's been wrestling a lot of OVW guys for Dave Hero in Wisconsin, and now he's finally got that confidence. He's like, I want to go try. What's Dave what Hero's um, promotions name? Uh, it's called Great Lakes Championship Wrestling. Okay. Just GLCW. Want to get, get that one out there, baby. Yep, absolutely. Um, so uh, he's coming, and I've been telling him, like, listen, this isn't the same. And you, I know you're wrestling guys from OVW, but when you walk in this arena, I'm telling you, the vibe and the feeling and the aura that you get, when you, it's just different. First time I walked in there, man, my hair on my arm stood up, and I freaked out. And I'm looking at these pictures, like, dude, John Cena used to change back here. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, of all people, Batista, when he was Leviathan. Like, yeah. like, this is a big thing, you know what I mean? And a lot of people look at it as like, oh, it's, the old, it's, old, it's not OVW of the old. It's the new. You're right, it is the new. And the new is changing things. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get back to the old. And not necessarily everything that they did, but the way that we're doing things now, it's putting light on us again. It's putting faces, uh, like eyes on us again. And I think everything that we're doing is the right, it's the right way. We're rebuilding and we're doing it the right way. So, 
I interviewed Al once, and um, how was that? It was it was a lot. I actually interviewed him twice. It was a lot both times. Not for this podcast, but for a radio show that I do. And I kind of made a said a thing about um, wrestling the way that it used to be, or I th- maybe I said old school wrestling. And as soon as it left my mouth, he said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! There's no difference. Right? There's no difference between old school and new school wrestling. That we just we tell stories, we get people in the door, we get them to react." Yeah. That's what we do. And and he's not wrong because Al Snow's teaching is wrestling. And it's wrestling the way that it's supposed to be. You can go to TV other places and you can see the AEWs and the things that they do. And, and some of it's storytelling, right? But, like, when you look at, like, OVW, you're getting, like, storytelling from, like, the Attitude Era from us. Mm-hmm. You're getting, like, storylines and things like that from us. And that right there, if you remember correctly... That was when WWE was firing on all cylinders. Right. It was the Attitude Era. So when you got a guy like Al Snow who lived that era, and he's the one now teaching it to everyone else, like how can you not be successful? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, it, and yeah. like he said, it isn't old school versus new school. It's still all storytelling. It's still all wrestling. It just depends on how you do it. I don't knock AEW at all. I would love to work for AEW, but they don't tell as many stories as a WWE. That's does, true. You know they what don't. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it's a lot more of independent wrestling it's you're getting that show you're getting all those type of matches you're going to get those you know bangers all the time and like when you go to an ovw it's different because you're still seeing storytelling yeah you know what I yes mean? so and uh, that is what that's one thing that we we do weekly recaps here on this uh podcast as well that's one thing that a or not i'm sorry ovw does such a good job of is like every angle seems very easy to invest in there's, it's red hot. The people in the crowd are into it. And then where you guys have kind of the pay-per-view schedule, most of the time it kind of lines up. Per, it's perfectly paced as mm-hmm. well. And it must just be kind of, you've been wrestling long enough. I'm sure you've done a ton of super indie-rific shows. You've done some uh, television, I'm sure, as well. But OVW tells stories <coughs> in a way that's better than the big guys do a lot of the times. Um it is. And again, that all is a testament to Al Snow. Al Snow's been there, man. You know what I mean? And he was there at a time where everything was just straight up. It shows. You know what I mean? And so when you have that tutelage, it's so much easier to tell a story like that. And it's so much easier to, for everybody to just get on the same page. So here in conclusion, I actually, you call yourself both the 80s baby and the Midwest ace. So the 80s baby is something that, that, that was the moniker I gave myself. Okay. I was actually given the Midwest ace by some fans. Okay. And fans that followed me heavily, not just in Wisconsin. These guys would follow me to Iowa, Illinois, to Michigan. Like, they followed me all over the place, and they called me the Midwest ace. And that, the reason I was told it was that is because you can put me in a match with anybody, mm-hmm. and I'm, not, I, I'm never going to not produce. It's always going to be something that you're going to remember. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, make and sure you tell them about this podcast and hello, guys. Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely will. You know what I mean? So, like, that's where that's where that came from. And uh, I wasn't going to take it at first, and then I did because they just kept calling me. And they're like, no, you're the Midwest Ace, bro. Like, there's and, – and I'm going to just put a couple of people over if that's okay real quick. Let's do sure. it, baby. Joey Avalon is probably one of the best wrestlers in the Midwest. You guys probably never heard of him. He did come to OBW for a little bit, but he's he's still on the indies. He is one of the best wrestlers in the Midwest. A lot of people will never know Joey because that's just where he is. Mm -hmm. Joey is great, right? But 
Joey is a different type of wrestler. It's a guy that, yeah, you can put him in the ring with anybody and he'll produce, but it's not like when you put me in the ring and I produce because I'm still giving you the storytelling. I'm still giving you the high flying. Mm -hmm. I'm giving you the submission. I'm giving you the striking. I can. There's a guy that's a GLCW uh, heavyweight champion, Backwoods Brown. I had a feud with Backwoods Brown for almost a year, and he's a big dude. Backwoods is about almost 400 pounds. Big dude, six seven. You know what I mean? Like, I'm fighting him, and I'm standing tall with him, and it's believable because we are telling that story. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And there's not a lot of guys that can do that. So when people were calling me the Midwest ace, I was just like, I don't believe that. But then I started believing it. I'm like, they're not wrong. You can put me in the ring with just about anybody. And, like, I'm giving you, like, a show. I'm, I'm, I'm telling that story. And you believe it, too, because the fans, no matter how much I'm getting beat down in the ring, as I'm trying to rise and I'm trying to get up to make my comeback, to make my way up, they're with me. And that even now is happening in Davis. I didn't know if it was ever going to happen. And when it did, I almost cried in the ring. Like, it was crazy to me. The night that I beat Will Austin at, at OVW, and it was that loud afterwards, I literally almost cried. That was a real reaction on TV because I had never felt that. And I went to the back, and Aaron Stevens was there, and he brought me and Will aside and he goes, that's how this arena needs to sound every single night. That's how it used to sound, and that's how it needs to sound. Aaron Stevens, what was his, uh, his Damien Sandow. There, yeah, mm -hmm. I couldn't. Oh, yeah. Wanted, okay. to, and, wanted and, to for for the listeners at home. Yeah, Damien Sandow, and it was crazy to me because he's sitting here talking, and he's saying, "This is literally it. Like, this is what this arena sounds like." And you guys did it, and it needs to sound like that all the time, and that made me feel good. Oh, sure. So I was telling him about the natural reaction and how it was. He goes, "It's because it was natural, because you hadn't heard that yet here." He goes, how do you feel? I said, I feel great. He goes, keep it up. Coming from another guy who was in WWE, you know yeah, what I mean? Right. He did a lot, too. Like, that's great, man. Like, that's the thing, too, that you get at OPW. You never know who's going to show up. Like, yeah. for us, we never know who's going to walk through that door. Who's the wildest person that's walked through that door? Sammy Callahan. Oh, yeah. And, 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 yeah. and I know Sammy already because I wrestled Sammy in the independence when I was first coming in. You know what I mean? And uh, it was just crazy because it was Sammy. I was like... Sammy's done everything now. Like, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, that, that's probably one of the craziest for me. Um, even Damian Sandow walking in, like Aaron Stevens, like, you're an NWA. Like, yeah. what, are you, what are you doing here? <laughs> you know what I mean? So that was pretty cool. But again, another guy who grew up in that building, you know what I mean? Yeah. He cut his teeth in that building. And so it's nice to have those guys come in and, and to be there and to guide us too. So. I really appreciate you kind of opening it up there and getting a little more personal with us, especially because I was just going to ask you some joke questions. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> do you mind if I ask my joke questions? Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> you call yourself both the Midwest Ace and the 80s baby. I'm going to make you choose between something that is iconically Midwest and something that's iconically 80s. Um, Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, well, I was going to ask uh, Chili with Spaghetti in it. Oh, my goodness. Or Ray Reaganomics. <laughs> Or what? Reaganomics. Reaganomics. <laughs> I'm going to do chili with spaghetti. Okay, that it. is okay. correct. Um, the St. Louis Archers or Star Wars Return of the Jedi? Star Wars Return of the Jedi. Okay, also we're tied correct. one for one. I only have three. We're going to decide right now if you are truly the 80s baby or the Midwest ace on this question. All four Great Lakes combined or Thriller by Michael Jackson? Thriller by Michael Jackson. You're the 80s yep. baby. That is it. <laughs> 80s baby. Go ahead and plug yeah. your socials for you, man. For us, man. Uh, socials, uh, the underscore official underscore TW3 on Instagram. 
Um, Thomas Walton and then three eyes, lowercase for Facebook and um, is it X now? Twitter's X. X, yes. X for X. Um, and then you think you can tell us what to do? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the underscore official underscore TW3 for my TikTok as well. Thank you so much for stopping by, man. Yeah, it's been absolutely. a true pleasure. It's been a Thank true you pleasure. Thank you so much. Having me. I appreciate it. TW3, the 80s baby only. No, I was going to say yeah, both. Nope. Only the 80s, the 80s baby, baby now. now. Oh, and by the way, December 2nd, GLCW, uh, Great Lakes Championship Wrestling, has Blizzard Brawl. It's a big event we do every year in Wisconsin. We get people from all over the world to come to it. So Can we um, find that on Fight? Uh, you can. Uh, it won't be on Fight. I want to say that one's actually going to be on a PSN premier, uh, premier streaming network. Okay. So it should be on there for you. So cool. You can, you can find it. It's on the internet for you. You guys can definitely find it. We, we believe in you. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you so much, GWC. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys.